0: Welcome to a Sunny Side Up Life podcast, a show for the woman who is ready to live an abundant life full of freedom and positivity. I'm your host Sammy Womack, a nationally recognized money expert, budgeting coach, and your very own hype squad. I'm on a mission to help you break free from survival mode, gain financial freedom, stay motivated, and focus on what matters most. Join the movement and let's start living on the brighter side of life together. Hey guys, I'm so excited to announce that the podcast is converting from ongoing episodes to seasons. This will allow me to interview more impactful guests and take a much needed rest throughout the year. As a business owner, homeschooling mom, merchant marine wife, and person just trying to live an intentional life in this crazy world, this new format will be the best thing for my mental health and wealth. This season will include 12 awesome episodes with impactful topics and amazing guests. I am so excited to share everything that I have up my sleeve. Thanks so much for hanging in there through these changes. And as always, I appreciate your support. Today's episode is brought to you by Not Another Personal Finance Podcast. Not Another Personal Finance Podcast is a personal finance podcast, but like you've never heard before. Finance content creators, podcasters, business owners, and my friends V. Weir and Haley Brown Woods discuss money management, debt payoff, savings, investing, and overall personal finance topics in a noble way. They leave censorship up to other podcasters and wear direct messaging, dry humor, and foul language as badges of honor. If you're ready to start your trek to financial freedom and need some friends along the way this podcast is for you check out their new season today wherever you listen to podcasts just a reminder that everything discussed in today's episode will be linked in the episode show notes don't forget to follow me on instagram and facebook at a up and if you're ready to take control of your money and need guided instructions check out my free budgeting challenge by going to a sunny now let's get into the episode I am so excited to bring back a veteran guest this season, Rachel Rainbolt. Rachel is the founder of Sage Family. She is a gentle parenting, natural homeschooling, and simple living mentor. She has a master's degree in marital and family therapy. She's spent decades guiding thousands of overwhelmed families to peace and joy. Rachel also has a podcast of her own, The Sage Family Podcast, which I have had the pleasure of being a guest on. We last talked to Rachel two years ago where she shared some simple living and gentle parenting tips with us. I'll link to that episode in the show notes. Rachel has had a huge impact on my motherhood. She's one of my motherhood heroes. She introduced me to the ideas of gentle parenting and unschooling i didn't realize that these ways that i had been living actually had terms and were a real thing i used to just describe our parenting and homeschooling style as relaxed homeschooling or just say well we kind of just hang out with our kids all day like we do life together so her validating these lifestyle choices that we had made was huge to me anyway i am so excited to welcome rachel to the podcast all right, welcome, Rachel. I am so excited to have you have you back again. So great to talk to you. So thank you. Um, yeah. So just give our listeners a little background on who you are and your story, and then we'll we'll go from there. Yeah. So my
1: name is Rachel Rainbolt. I have three kids who are presently. 16, 14, and 10. Nice. Um, I am a natural homeschooling, gentle parenting, simple living person. Those are kind of my three main values and spokes to all my work. And I have a master's degree in marital and family therapy. And I mainly work kind of as a parenting coach, a mentor. I have like a membership community that I call the Sage Family Village, Sage Family Podcast bunch of books out there, sage homeschooling yeah. and classes and things like the bucket system and just all kinds of good stuff to help families out oh. there. Mainly, I just work to like show people that there's another way because most of us weren't raised this way. So just showing people that there's this like other way of being in terms of like how you can relate to your kids and live as a family mm-hmm. and be very intentional and values based. And yeah, yeah, that's kind of my jam.
0: It's awesome. And that's, you know, I said all that in the intro of like, you are one of my, you are one of my motherhood heroes. Like I, <laughs> I look up to you. I value your podcast. your all everything that you post. I value it so much is so helpful to me. And I think like a lot of people, I didn't know that this was like a whole world. Yeah. And you know, kind of on the same trajectory of like what I do with the intentional living on like the money side, the mindset Mm -hmm. side, I feel like it all goes together. And it's your, your subjects, like the gentle parenting, the homeschooling, unschooling, you know, kind of hanging out with your kids, actually wanting to be with your kids, (laughs) actually liking your kids, Um, that's a part of my story that I don't really share very much because I share, you know, more of the money and you're kind of like the opposite. You have this whole money side to your story that I share a little bit about it. You have your course, you talk about it here and there, but I know there's a whole big side to that part of your intentional living journey. And I would love for you to share more about that, whatever you feel comfortable sharing and just walk us through your money journey a little bit.
1: Yeah. It's funny. Cause I think like all of these things are so interconnected. Like you can't yeah. really talk about, you know, parenting without talking about education. And you can't really talk about that without like the minimalism thing, like imposing and then money, <laughs> you know, like if we live, I, sometimes I tell people like, yeah, if we lived in this like perfect fantasy world, money wouldn't have anything to do with the rest of this stuff. Right. But the reality is that it does. Like if you want to, yes, if you want to live this fulfilling experience, rich, life of natural learning and like meaningful connection with your kids. Like it's very privileged and ignorant to say that money has nothing to do with that because it absolutely has something to do with that. So I love like, like that intersection where all of those things come together and we can like acknowledge that, yes, they are a part of the same conversation. So, yeah, so like for me, it's really started with like when I was in grad school and learning about like how minds work and how people work and how families work and how kids work and then it sort of extended, like I, you know, I learned from my kids kind of the most. Yeah. <laughs> and so like I had my first baby two weeks into grad school, then had my second right as I was graduating. And then that spread into like the homeschooling thing when it was time to put my kid into school, like, oh, wait, like, what is this whole thing? What is best? How does learning actually happen? Then that continued to extend until it got to the point of money. So about like six years ago, I Went into a deep dive on all things personal finance and money. At that point, we were living in San Diego, where I'm from, which is a very high cost of living place. Um, and then my husband is from Honolulu. So like both very, very expensive, very places expensive. to live. <laughs> yes. And we were like renting and We got to a point where like, okay, I've read all the books. I've watched all the things I've done all the learning I can do. And with our numbers, the way we are, we cannot get ahead here. So we took a big leap and did some geo arbitrage, which is where you like move to a lower cost of living area to, for that financial advantage. So we moved to the Pacific Northwest, which was one of the best choices we've ever made. Like the culture here is so us, the nature here is so us, we love it. And even though the Pacific Northwest is more expensive than most places around the country, it's <laughs> less expensive than San Diego and Honolulu. So By comparison, it's still cheaper. <laughs> yes, yes. So we actually did that geo arbitrage. We also did some house hacking. So we bought a property that had a portion of the house that we could make into an in-law suite for my dad to move into. And then the rent that he paid us funded the renovations that we did on the house cuz we bought like a very like falling down fixer upper yes. and did all the work on it ourselves. So Do you
0: want numbers? Like share numbers? Sure. Yeah. It turned out gorgeous. Oh my gosh. That house was, it was like what dreams are made of for sure. (laughs)
1: Gorgeous. Thank you. I loved that house. It was amazing and beautiful and served us so well for so long. So when we bought that house, my kids were younger. This was like six years ago and we really wanted like this homestead and like this nature. And the larger, the broader community didn't really matter because, you know, we were homeschooling and I could yeah. drive to all the programs and things. Um, and then once my kids started to become teenagers, they started to want to like launch out into the community, like not through me, like other independently. Yeah. <laughs> and that community really didn't allow for that, like where the house was located. So we moved to kind of prioritize that community. But so numbers, because I love when people. Most yes. people who talk about money don't share numbers, and I find it like thoroughly unhelpful. So yeah, all the real numbers. We bought that house. <laughs> okay, we <laughs> bought that house like six years ago for five hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. We put about a hundred thousand dollars of materials into it. We did all the work ourselves, and then we sold it about six years later for one point four million dollars. That's
0: a pretty good profit.
1: Yes. So I spent, I mean, taxes and real estate fees take like a hundred grand of it, 150 grand. Yeah. Um, but I spent a solid year looking for a new house in the community that we identified would be a good fit for us. Um, with like the dead set budget of staying mortgage-free. Because while we were living there, we also worked really hard to pay off that mortgage. And yes. we did pay off the mortgage while we lived there and we were doing the renovating, which was a huge victory and felt amazing to be mortgage-free. Yeah. So my target was to make like a lateral move, right? Like, so we yeah. could stay mortgage-free. Solid 12 months of trying to find a house that met our needs in this more expensive community and could not do it. No. So we did have to take out another mortgage. Shucky darts. Um, but it's one that like is well below, you know, like we can easily afford it and everything is fine and we'll pay it off again. Yeah. Um, but so then we bought a new house in this new community. This house that we bought here is 1.6 million, which sounds insane, but it's like a fixer upper to the area.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. It's just
1: like what the houses cost, especially when you figure they're are five of us living here. My husband and I both work from home. Like we homeschool. So we're actually here all day. Like
0: Um, 90% (laughs) of your life is at home. That's how we are too. Yes.
1: Yes. Plus like, I really love being like the safe space for all the teenagers. Like all of our, my kids' friends all hang out here and spend time here. And I love like Holding the space for them to be able to do that. Um, So, yes, the house like meets our needs. We've got lots of fixing up to do on it, but that was a really big like changing point in our story. Um, At the point when we bought the house, we also had $106,000 in student loan debt, and we bought the house Mm -hmm. with zero down. It was like 4% 4% interest, no PMI yeah. insurance. Um, So we were like 600 and I forget what it is, $640,000 or something like that in debt at the Good point chunk. when we moved here. Good chunk, good chunk. (laughs) chunk. So definitely I like dove into the like debt freedom, like paying all of that down. So first we paid off all, you know, we sort of had these like buckets that we were pouring into, pouring everything into one bucket at a time, like to, to really leverage that power. Paid off the student loans, paid off the mortgage, then started filling all those other buckets, things like launching funds for our kids, um, which we do instead of a college fund, sort of like a launching fund that they can use for college or for other things like a down payment on a house or to start a business. Or I think you posted on Instagram to somebody did to buy land or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it is that they want to do. And then so, yeah, now like we have a 70% savings rate. All our retirements are maxed out. And Really what that allows us to do is just fully live a values aligned life. So like I drive an 11 year old minivan and I'm totally good with that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I get to like take road trips whenever I want. Cause like experiences, like an adventure that is like a core value for us. So <sighs> it's not about like de- deprivation for us. I don't feel like we are deprived of anything, but we definitely are clear on what do we want to spend our money on and then like letting go of
0: all the other crap that doesn't really matter i love it and that's you know that's kind of where i feel like it's just like Venn diagrams of overlapping of where all of that kind of intentional living comes together that's all the 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 budgeting the wealth yeah. building the unschooling the minimalism yes. the all the things really just it comes together all to that same middle point where it's like values-based living. It is intentional living. It's That's what it all comes down to. And it's just, you get to a point where I feel like you almost can't do one without the other. Yeah. And that's kind of, you know, how our journey was. you know, it started with money and then it turned into minimalism and then it turned into like homeschooling, unschooling, and then it turned into (laughs) into like all the things, whichever one you do first, doesn't really matter. Eventually, I feel like you'll get to all of them where you're like, This feels really good to maybe kind of like live (laughs) against the norm. And we feel really happy and like fulfilled. And this is really cool. What else can we apply this
1: to? (laughs) Yes. Like we do nothing out of obligation. So, like every choice is an intentional, values driven choice. And I feel. So good about that. Like when I spend money, it's like completely guilt-free. And I know like it's fully in alignment with all of our priorities and all of our values and I don't sweat it and I don't worry about it. And I like kind of proactively say no to a whole bunch of stuff that I've decided doesn't matter. And I don't feel badly about that either.
0: I love it. I love it. That's, I mean, that's how we are too. I mean, really, The closest thing to an obligation is, you know, my husband works offshore. And so that's kind of a bummer that he's gone for three weeks at a time. But also, you know, back in the old days of us not living intentionally at the beginning of our marriage, it used to really feel like a punishment. And now it feels like, well, Mm. look at what the income allows us to do. Look at the lifestyle that allows us to have look at the free time that it allows us to have because yes, he's gone for three weeks, but he's also home for three weeks. He's literally home for half of the year. A lot of, a a lot of parents don't get that privilege to be home that much, be present that much with their kids and just all the other things. So it's just like flipping all of it to be like, it kind of sucks that he's gone. There are hard days. Of course there are, but then it's like, we kind of, we chose that though. We chose this life. Yeah. We're doing something intentional with it. And it just changes everything when you start to kind of flip it all like that. And yes. I, I love it so much. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So you kind of touched on the launching funds. I want to kind of go back to that because you talking about launching funds and giving them a name because <laughs> I, and the same thing with like unschooling, gentle parenting. Um, you were one of the first people to me that gave all of those things a name. I was doing those things. Yeah. I didn't know that they were like a thing yet. I thought I was kind of, you know, out there on my own doing it. So let's, let's dig into like the launching funds a little more, explain it a little more and kind of go into that for us.
1: Yeah. So I think the like mainstream solution for helping kids to launch is a college fund and, you know, I have a bunch of degrees. My husband has a bunch of degrees like they've they've served us well. And college is not the singular path to success for every human being. Right. And so we really wanted to set our kids up such that they could still have that benefit of like a parent sponsored, like, you know, boost. (laughs) Um, But I didn't want it to be locked into something that could only be spent on college. So What we did was we calculated out the cost of a four year degree, um, given all of the programs and things that are available in our area. And we saved that much for each kid. And we just invested that into three separate brokerages accounts, one for each kid, but they are in our name. So I didn't want to set it up as an UGMA or an UTMA because it's money that my husband and I are saving. So that means that if the day my kid turns 18, they're struggling with their mental health or they met a boyfriend who, (laughs) you know. (laughs) <laughs> wants a new car. Yeah. I like, since it's money that I saved, I definitely want how it's spent to be collaborative. Whereas, yes. like, my 16 year old, who now does have a full time job, she's a sail camp instructor. We've set her up with an UGMA or an UPMA because that's money she is saving. So she gets ownership of it. The day she turns 18, if she wants to buy her boyfriend a car, that's her money. She Love can whatever she wants with it. So we just kind of have it earmarked as this is your launching fund. So the kids are super clear on how much is in there. You know, they can kind of watch it go up and down with the stock market. And they know that that's money that is set aside for to help them like launch into adulthood. And that we're totally open to any plan or idea they have yeah. about what they think might be most advantageous for them.
0: I love that. I love that. I didn't know that aspect about that. You had the the brokerage fund. So that's something new. I just learned about your personal journey. But <laughs> what, what we did was started feeling like super kind of like claustrophobic in the idea of a 529 because I was just like, yeah. I know, you know, college isn't for one college is not what it used to be 20 years yeah. ago. I know that I live in the reality, you know, I coach clients all day long with student loans and it's a different world. I get that. And we also have never really raised our kids to just kind of be on the conveyor belt of college is the only way to success. And for us personally, you know, I have a bachelor's degree. My husband didn't go to college. He makes way more money than I probably ever will. And so we're kind of like, okay, we, we have proof, we have evidence right in front of our face that it doesn't guarantee you a higher income, doesn't guarantee that you have a happier life or whatever. Mm -mm. And, you know, it's not for everyone. And so we know that. And, but then we're kind of like, but we do kind of want to help them and kind of, you know, if, if give them that privilege to kind of start off with a little bit of a boost My oldest now, which, you know, who knows what it's going to really turn out for them, but her whole life, she's always been very business minded. So I can very Mm -hmm. much see right now, she says she wants to open a bakery and we'll see how that goes, but I can very much so see her going straight into business. I could probably even in her teenage years, she probably won't even wait to finish high school knowing her. Mm Mm-hmm. And I would love to support that. We personally, we did open the UTMA's. They're not very funded yet because we're still very like in the beginning of we kind of um, put on our own oxygen mask first as far as like retirement goes. Yes, retirement is almost on track. So for them, so far, it's just been birthday money, Christmas money, tooth fairy money, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and you know, June's got a couple thousand. She's not doing too bad, but also she's 11. And I'm kind of like, clock is starting to tick. Oh my gosh. It's creeping up. No, but like you said, you definitely need
1: to put on your oxygen mask first, but you have to take care of yourself in the future. So your kids don't have to, or that launching fund isn't actually giving them an advantage because you're just going to suck them dry
0: on the other end. I'm like, like, you're making the right choice and then and then we will you know and if it comes down to it we might cash flow help them cash flow through something if that's what it comes down to but I have seen a lot of people say you know that is one of the cons of like you are you give them that's their money you put their social Mm -hmm. security number in when you set up the account which is what we did that's going to be their money like it or not which right now it truly is only their money so we'll see kind of how that goes but yeah
1: yeah well and I think at the stage you're at like that's fine yeah I think for me it just once we got like once we had fully filled all of the other buckets and we're like okay now we're gonna pour into these buckets that's not sitting well with me. yeah like it would be a hundred percent their money when it's my husband and I actually pouring into it. But like I said, like we did set my teenager up with her own UGMA up my, I forget, that, that she puts 50% of her income into and it's invested and it's totally hers. That's money that she's earned. I think too, like having the money in like a 529, for me, I would, even if unconsciously, put a lot of pressure on my kids to go to college. Yeah, If I had all of this money locked up in a college, you know, savings account. I get that there's a tax break, but I would, I would do some damage totally unintentionally and probably completely unconsciously pushing my kids in that direction. If this is where that money was locked in. So as soon as I made the decision, I was like, okay, well, what if I created something new, like a launching fund? I can put it in this kind of a bucket. As soon as that idea kind of started to like manifest instantly that like pressure was gone. I was like, oh my God, yes, like this is it. They can use it for school. And the kids, I think too, it's helpful that we're all in collaboration on this. So they know exactly exactly how much is there what kinds of things we would be supportive of it being used for that it can be used for college so my oldest is 16 and she's halfway through her associate degree already in the state of Washington we have this amazing program called running start where they get the first two years of college for free it's just paid amazing. for yeah if they do it from 16 to 18 um so like she's doing that and so we have the amount set aside for the second two years at an in state university so she knows like she can go there, there's this money there, or she could not, you know, she could do something completely different. One of my kids is a super passionate sailor and talks about maybe like buying a boat and chartering like cruises. I'm like that this money could totally be used for that. Like if you're going to like, that's a valid business, you know, entrepreneurial idea, it ties in with your passions. It meets a need in the community. Like absolutely. So just not having it locked into that college, you know, 529
0: felt really values aligned for us I love it I love it and I know some people kind of do a combo I I know a couple of my friends that are like financial coaches that'll do a little bit of both a little bit in the 529 and then you know there are like you could pass it to a sibling or you could keep it and pass it to a grandchild like there are some like kind of loopholes but and then there are other parents that are like yeah I don't care they're going to college and I'm like (laughs) yeah You know, it's. it's yeah. you. I mean, that kind of doesn't yeah. really align with our, you know, kind of unschooling, child yeah. led kind of yes. like yes way of doing it, and that, and I know that's not for everyone either. So yes, like, to each his own. But, saving is
1: saving. Like yeah. if you're saving, that's good, and I'm like cheering you on. Yeah. So like even if because I mean you do get a tax break doing that, and I yeah. totally get it. I just know that I feel like, even if you're like, okay, well, you could pass it on to your next kid. Well, what if none of my kids go? And like, then I've put all my eggs in this basket and I can't actually help them launch. I don't have enough. An- if I don't right. have another launching fund sitting here in case they don't decide to go, even if one decides not to go, I pass it on to the other. I can't help that kid in any other capacity. Yeah. My husband and I already went to graduate school. Like what am I going to get? Yeah, Go become a landscape architect or something yeah. else?
0: Like, I love what I do. I don't want
1: to get a different degree. You get a doctorate so.
0: just because it's already paid for. I don't know. So yeah. it's just like, yeah, no, maybe that's not for everyone. And it's like, yeah, you do to kind of pay the taxes on it like if it's a brokerage account but when you kind of you know do that math out I would it's not that bad you know yeah so I just I think I I love that you kind of share about that being a kind of a different path and I've heard you talk about it in so many different ways and that was a huge part of my our decision for our own kids to kind of like Mm -hmm let's go a non-traditional way, you know, again, like with another aspect of our life. So here we go. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So are there any other, you kind of shared about like your kids working and I know, you know, you guys are, you're very involved in all of that kind of stuff as well. Um, Are there any other things that you do like to kind of pass money lessons along to your kids that you kind of tie in with the unschooling and all that kind of stuff. I think like the saving is,
1: it's the thing that I have seen make the biggest difference, like with my own kids that we, we have normalized like a 50% savings rate. Like now, like I said, we're, we have like a, if you include like retirement and everything, we have a 70% savings rate, but like 50% is sort of like what we have normalized for our kids. Like really, really, you know, when we talk about privilege, about like having parents who are college educated, who are higher income, who, you know, whatever, all of these social advantages, I'm white, my husband's mixed race. But like when you talk about all these different privileges, the research shows that actually one of the big ways that those privileges get transmitted is just in the normalizing and the knowledge that that gets passed down. It's not even so much, like certainly my kids, like we're talking about saving a launching fund, that's a privilege. But really, like, they spend that and then it's gone. Really what carries them farther is the, like, normalizing and the knowledge, you know, that we pass down. So, like, normalizing a 50% savings rate, I feel like it's been really huge for my kids. Like, they've always just saved 50%. Like, that's just a normal thing to do. And my teenager now, like, who's 16, like, really gets it how like mm-hmm. like right now you have very, almost no expenses so like if you set that standard for yourself of saving and investing 50% and then she gets to like watch that money grow and like you know watch it make its like dips and its yeah. rises and like to normalize that like yeah this is how it works like not you're, to
0: freak out when we're yes, having like a yes. little mini recession like we are right now
1: yes. <laughs> not to freak yes, out that means you're getting stocks for cheap like we nope. just say like 50, when your paycheck comes in, you live on, you set yourself up to live off of 50% and you save 50% And because she's feeling that pinch of like, I don't want like my time to be trading time for money forever because she's working 40 hours a week and that's a lot, right? It's hard work and she's tired and she doesn't want to do that forever. So like, yeah, so this is how, like, this is one of those secrets that like people who, like, there's this also this misconception that, like, people who have money work harder. Like, that's bullshit. Like, I don't oh, work yeah. harder than, like, you know, the custodian at the local school. I don't work harder. This like, is one it, of the it's... easiest
0: jobs I've ever had. Yes. Because I love it. And I'm literally sitting on my butt in air conditioning. <laughs> yes. Is... Yes. It's
1: not. Yes. It's, it's, it's really not the hardest. Like, like... <laughs> Yeah. Like learning how to win with money is not about working harder. It's just about like knowing uh, how it all works. Really. It's like this language that once you learn it, you can start winning with it very quickly. So for her to be able to see like, oh yeah, I just did invest, save and invest 50%. And then like my money makes money while I'm taking a nap. Like that's like, that's really profound. And for her to get that in like a very lived, experienced, you know, personal firsthand way is huge and this is the perfect like sort of space for her to do that cuz she hasn't launched yet her expenses yeah. aren't high you know there's very little risk like she's still in the nest you know yeah. so to speak so i love like that they get to actually play with money and get to like apply all of these principles and things and ways of handling money that we've talked about and
0: actually see and feel how it all yeah. works really well i love that so much and it's so interesting to me i'm kind of like you know, I followed you for so many years. So I feel like I kind of, you know, I, I'm a few years behind you. So I get to kind of like (laughs) learn from your examples and be like curious, you know, when my kids are teenagers, what are we going to do and kind of take from other people? And that's why I love when people share like so openly about a lot of the things that they do. And I think, you know, I get asked the same question, what can you know people ask me all the time what do you pass along to your kids and really for me with I mean mine are still pretty little but I think one of the biggest things and tell me if you agree is is really just like living out loud in front of them and I think it's kind of the unschooling mm-hmm. mindset I do it with everything yes. else why not do it with money yes you know, and it's like yes. they never really sat down and I think people want that answer because that's a very mainstream like kind of public school minded answer did you read a book did you you know give me a worksheet and it's like yes well you know my oldest is only 11 you know she hasn't really done a lot but we we live out loud in front of her we have just like things like she has overheard us say the groceries are a little more expensive right now things like that and she knows that she's noticed the gas like she started calling out gas prices to me as we pass <laughs> by because she's like, hey, mama, that place was cheaper than the place that we just passed. Or, you know, we have a yes. diesel truck. So our our diesel is like insane right now. And my husband's been like that's just on his radar right now.
1: And she's like,
0: hey, I just, you know, we'll get home. And she's like, daddy, I saw that at that gas station, the gas was, the diesel was under $5 that you should go there, you know, and just like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and, you know, we were giving them a
1: seat at the table, like you invite them into all of those conversations. And I think like something that a lot of people are afraid of is putting financial, your financial stress on your children which the studies show is incredibly harmful. So first you do the work on yourself to like work through all of your money issues and like get to know your money stories and kind of rewrite them and reframe them and get things going on the right track. So you're like building successes. Like then you pull your kids in and like let them be a part of it. Let them experience, let them like, live your successes with you. Let them like the other day we were checking out at the grocery store. And as soon as I like put my stuff on the conveyor belt, I went over and I just ran my card and then you just wait for them to like run the groceries and it goes through. And my kid was like, you ran your kid, you put your card in before the total came up. I said, yeah, isn't that like a tremendous privilege to not have to worry if I have enough money in my bank account, like to cover the food that we need. Like not everybody has the privilege to do that. And it
0: feels so." Good to not have to worry I remember about I had kids still at that point, like the very beginning of my Me journey too. of being like watching it go and like having the extra things at uh-huh. the end of the uh uh-huh. yep. if it gets to the total and it's too much, I'll put my makeup back. I'll put my, yep. you know, whatever, my cookies back or something. Um and I remember yep. I remember those days. But just like little things I think that we have done is literally just had this conversation today was saying that instead of being like switching the whole paycheck to paycheck mentality and switching it into, well, I I said this today, tomorrow is daddy's payday. And so we're going to have a fresh grocery budget. So we'll probably get the groceries tomorrow. And essentially it's to say I am waiting for payday, but I'm waiting for payday to allow myself more grocery money and it's like yeah i set my i'm doing this on purpose I, there's intentionality behind it and really just saying out loud the new grocery budget is going to start tomorrow we can go stock up on groceries again you can get what you want tomorrow and they're like okay yeah money doesn't yeah. come out of thin air but also it's not a scarcity mindset it's a very no, it's, not. You know, it's like living below your
1: means it's like yeah the, familiarity with that is like a very empowering gift to give kids. I think sometimes people can be so afraid of falling into that scarcity mindset camp that they try and ignore the reality that (laughs) you only have so much money in your bank account. (laughs) Yeah, Saying yes to to everything (laughs) is not like not having a scarcity, having an abundance mindset, right? Like, because we do have this much in. So I think for my kids, I really try and frame it as like, if we say yes to this, we say no to other things. We're saying yes to this thing. What other things are we going to say no to, to create the space for that? So, you know, if my kid says like, I want this new pair of shoes i might be like, okay, so I have this money set aside for us to go to the water park. Like, so if it were me, I would choose to go to the water park. Like this (laughs) is how much is sitting here, you know, like right now. So you can see the numbers right here. Like do you want to go to the water park this month or do you want to get the shoes this month and we can try yeah. and go to the water park? Like just, just framing it as like, nobody can say yes to everything at the same time. I think yeah. having that timeline perspective too, is really important that it's not that I can't have this ever. It's like, it's when can I have it?
0: Yeah. And also I think just, we have really involved them in a lot of the big purchases that we've made, You know, we recently just bought a house in April and so they were very much involved in like, I'm sure that they weren't really paying attention to all of it, but I feel like some of it's going to seep in and maybe, maybe the older ones will kind of get it a little, but you know, they, we, they went to the closing with us, they sat there and I know everyone in the closing office was probably like, these people brought their kids and (laughs) You know, they took, they (laughs) took notebooks to like doodle in. And I think the little two took some Barbies and they sat at the table and they watched us sign a million papers. They asked questions. I explained, but I could, you know, we had to get a cashier's check. We showed them how much money was on it. We let them hold it just little things like that. And explaining to them, you know, we bought We've cash flowed vehicles and boats and RVs and all mm-hmm. the you know all the things, and we bought our boat that we have now. We bought it eleven thousand in cash, and I have this picture of our oldest holding a bundle of hundred dollar yeah. bills, a uh, bundle into ten thousand <laughs> from the bank, and she's just holding it, just like I love it. She's holding a rock, like no emotion attached <laughs> to it. She's just like cool, it's money, and for yes. me, I'm like shaking holding ten thousand. <laughs> <laughs> still, it's still a little weird yeah. for me. But to her, she's just like, "Okay, cool. Daddy's buying a boat, I guess." Yeah, you know, and just normalizing it. I love it. Cash flowing it. and like that is changing generations. That is like, yes, you know. Explaining, I agree. I love that explaining. Like, you know, they get they get and they're like, "Why? Why does Daddy have to go to work again? I miss him. Why is he? Mm. You know?" And just explaining like this is why, you know, we, we pay for our house. We pay for our food. We pay for electricity. The other day I randomly, we got on the me and the girls got on the conversation of bills to pay. I think my middle was like, my middle daughter was asking, so what exactly do you help your clients do on your calls? Why are you always (laughs) on your calls talking to people? I'm constantly like re saying it. So You know, I'm like, well, I help people, you know, do their budget, tell them how much grocery money they can have, how much to pay their bills with and what they can put in their savings account. And she was like, do people have a lot of bills? And I was like, yeah, it takes a good amount of bills to be a grown up. And I was like, what kind of bills can you think of? And she was like, well, you got to pay your Wi-Fi because, you know, that's the most important (laughs) thing to her. Yes. (laughs) You know, and (laughs) then the girls kind of took turns. They all start like naming bills like they were on a trivia show and (laughs) but it's a normal conversation in our house
1: (laughs) just normal everyday thing like when we moved here you know I'm getting all the bills set up like to auto pay on the first of the month that yeah and my kids get to like be a part of all of that and see how that all works. even looking at houses like because we looked at houses really across the financial spectrum like um you know, and and having those conversations with them, like, okay, so if we get this house, like, this is how much extra money that we'll have each month Uh that we could say yes to this experience and that experience, that that experience. But then we're saying no to, you know, these portions of the house that we won't have, or to you guys having your own bedrooms or, you know, whatever. So having them be a part of like actually weighing all of that stuff out is really
0: like in a meaningful way. Like they honestly got to say, you know? Yeah. Today's episode is brought to you by Sage Money. You guys know I love learning about personal finance from all different perspectives. And Rachel's e-course, Sage Money, is a great resource for you to learn simple personal finance tactics that will honor your needs and dreams through money storing, debt freedom, conscious spending, intentional banking, smart investing, and financial independence. Get started today for only $99, and by enrolling through the link in the show notes, you'll help keep this podcast up and running. All right. Now back to the episode. So I know in the last time I had you on the podcast, I'm going to link to that episode as well. We kind of talked more about like the gentle parenting and all of that kind of stuff. And you know that I'm a big fan of everything you do and, you know, I'll link to that. So definitely like listening, if you're listening, and you didn't listen to that episode, you know, go back and listen to it. But, you know, we're talking about like living out loud with your kids and stuff. Is there anything that kind of sticks out to you that's like a challenge like I know it's not all rainbows and butterflies and it's pretty it's a pretty good life but what are some of the biggest challenges that you see of like the unschooling life this living kind of non-traditionally walk us through like a little bit of that tell us the real the real stuff
1: yeah I think that part of what's hard about it is that you can't project all of your issues on your kids and pretend they're problem. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> on the problem. Yes. On the conscious, respectful, peaceful, gentle parenting path. Like you can't get away with that because yeah. you own your own stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, cause really what gentle parenting is is about just like how being in like respectful, fulfilling connection with another human being. And um so yeah you can't like shove your issues under the you know sweep them under the rug like you have to actually deal with them as your children bring them up to the surface you know and and call your attention to them you have to actually deal with them so that can be hard it can be hard living counterculturally in the sense that i know that a lot of people can feel alone like mm-hmm. if you're the only unschooling family in your town that can be hard like really yeah. that's why i created the whole sage family village because there are a lot of people around the world who are living these incredibly meaningful fulfilling rich rewarding lives and they feel alone because no one around them really gets it or understands what they're doing or is choosing to live in the same way that they're living. Like if we're yeah. talking about money, you know, I live debt free other than my mortgage. Like yeah. we, you know, we're kind of like fire enthusiasts, like all of all of these things that like no one around us, <laughs> yeah. like they, they look at us like. We have like an alien head, you know, I like know, they don't understand what we're talking about. So, like, that's definitely, that definitely can be part of um, what makes it hard, too. Just that, like, if you're yeah. living counterculturally, by definition, yes. there's this extra weight of the culture pushing on your shoulders at all times that you kind of have to push back against. Yeah. So, that's something that, like, it, it doesn't serve us to pretend that doesn't exist. Yes. And I argue that it's like abundantly worth it. Oh, yeah. And yet let's also acknowledge that there is that weight and pressure that we have to actively push back against that people who are just being swept away, going with the flow don't have to worry about.
0: I love that. I love that. And I, I just love everything that you do and like how honest you keep it. And that's why like <laughs> I, I'm a big fan of your podcast and also the Thank conversation. You. I know we talked about this before we started recording, but the recent um, conversation about sexuality that you had, uh, it was just like so raw, so honest. And I feel like as a mom and, and that's why I kind of, I stay away from like the motherhood aspect a lot. <laughs> Cause that is just like putting a target on your back to <laughs> on the internet. It's a very scary world. And especially, you know, talking about some of these topics like sexuality and all the things that you talked about within that conversation was just a lot. And I really appreciated it for sure. Um, But yeah, so I know, you you know, like the work you do, I know it's, it's not easy. You, you get into some topics that can rub people the wrong Mm -hmm. way, but I want to know like what inspires you to keep going, to keep like living this countercultural life Mm -hmm. and to keep kind of being like a face of it and putting yourself out there for the whole internet (laughs) to scrutinize, you know, so you can inspire the rest of us, like. What keeps you going and keeps you showing up? Yeah, I think, like, personally, I get
1: so much fulfillment from it. Like, I yeah. I genuinely feel, like, happy and at peace and in, like, a space of joy. And, like, I love my kids and I genuinely love my life. Like, I feel grateful for it. And And if me living out loud, <laughs> like, for other people <laughs> to see – can help others, then it's worth it to me. so I, I yeah. think what makes it what makes it easier for me is that I have this very like clear mental boundary that I don't tell anybody else what to do. Yeah. so I don't try and control other people. I don't try and judge other people. I don't tell people what they're doing is right or wrong. I just share like, hey, here's what we're doing and here's how it works really well for us. And then when other people, you know, want more support with that. Like that's where it combines with sort of my like professional, you know, skills to like help them. So as long as the world needs it, and I think the world needs it, the world needs more love and more empathy and more respect and more understanding. And- more tolerance and more peace. So as long as the world still needs it, that is reason enough for me to step up and have these conversations. I think too, because I have the privilege to be safe to do so. Um, Quite frankly, like I am safe. I am loved. I am cared for. I am white. I am, you know, like whatever, all of these things that give me the privilege that, you know, I can stand up and talk about like, Advocating for trans kids and how, you know, fighting for the rights of trans kids because I'm not a trans woman. Like, right. so my life isn't in danger to be the one to stand up and have that conversation. So I love
0: that.
1: if I'm safe to do it, then I feel like I should do it. And I yeah. feel like my heart and my mental well being are strong enough that even when there's a target on my back, I still know that I'm good, that like that my people who know me, know me and love
0: me and I love them. And so the rest is kind of just noise. (laughs) I love that example. And I think that's also kind of the, what we want our kids to feel like they have going into the world is like they can be who they truly are because they know that they have that foundation to grow on. And that's like, that's the whole point of all of it. I love it so much. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like your opinion of me is none of my business Yeah, and I can live in that because I'm not trying to project an image of a certain character or anything. Like, like you said, like, I'm really just living out loud, like saying like, Oh, hey, you may not know like there's this whole other way of like living in connection with children or hey, you may not know that there's actually this whole other kind of relationship you can have with money. And from my perspective, the more like taboo the topic is, the more (laughs) fun it is to talk about (laughs) because the more help people need with it, it. like women and money. I mean, especially mothers and money like yes. mothers, mothers spend all of the household. They manage all of the household finances. And almost all of the resources out there are like tech bros or like yeah.
0: I don't want to or... talk to an old white dude in a suit. That's what I say all the time. Right? Like, I would, no. if it was me, I'm like my, they always say, you know, your ideal client is who you were like 10 years ago or whatever. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay. So I try to think back to like who I was at the beginning. And I'm like, I wouldn't have trusted like an old white dude in a suit. Like no. I would want a mom that would like, hey, let's yes. have a cup of coffee and tell me what you're struggling with. And so that's, that's yes. who I am. That's like, that's how if I, I had a
1: dollar for
0: every time an old white
1: guy told a mom to put her baby in daycare and go work at Walmart full time, I would have had a
0: fully funded emergency fund a decade before I did. Yep. Yep. <laughs> like... Or you don't get it. You don't. Or get then, it. on the flip side, they shame you because you put your kid in daycare and yes. you go to work, yes. and then they're like, either "Well, way, like, yes, <laughs> it's just like, yes, it's not, yes, it's none of your yes. business. Either way, either way, they just don't get it. It's yes. hard. It's
1: hard to like." When we're, when as women, as mothers, we're trying to learn about money and personal finance, there's this added work of having to translate it all into like the actual life you live and the language that you speak, because, you know, like I said, there's nothing wrong with daycare or working at Walmart, but like it trying to do that extra work of, of just translating it and to then figure being out, judged
0: like, on a whole nother level because your motherhood <laughs> is always going to be under a microscope one way or the other. Yes. And then it's just like, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. and that's, and, and
1: really I come at it from the other direction. And I think you do a lot of like, the money isn't the value that we're centering, right? Like, we're centering like the values, like, connection or natural learning or simple living or whatever the value is that we're centering. And the money is like the tool to build that house, you know, like it's, it's not the value in and of itself. So that's, I think that's what I'm trying to get at where I'm saying, like, it's so much work to translate it like money as a value to like, no money is a tool to center my true values. Right. It's a lot of, it's a mental
0: leap to do that. Yeah. It's like, okay, our values are, Family, home, nature, yeah. like all those things are our values. Okay, now how do we make our money work so we can actually live those values? So for us, yes. like we could cash flow a boat so we can have the extra gas money to get to the lake, we can have yes. the days off so we can actually go to the lake that's why our money matters. Like that's why it matters because that is a huge value for us to be able to do that kind of stuff. It's family, it's nature. It's all the things we love. That's it to eat snacks outside. (laughs) We love it. You know, The goal is not
1: just to earn more and more and more money. The goal is like to get enough money and Mm -hmm. leverage it to be as efficient as like ruthlessly efficient as possible so that you can live a life that brings you joy. Like I could do 10 of these a week and make more money, but I don't, I say no to nine people. And I say yes to the Sammy invitation because (laughs) I want to Right? like you are part of my joy Yes. fulfilling, meaningful life. Like that's what it's
0: all about. I, I, I love when people get to like come inside of it and they see that it's different and that it's amazing. And like, um, my best friend just came to visit for a week and she is child-free by choice. And here I am with a whole herd of kids and <laughs> she's just like, you know, meeting my kids for the first time. And she was a little intimidated and she's like, I don't know. I just I don't do well with kids. I'm not like a kids person. And I was like, Yeah, my kids aren't like regular kids. They're just like (laughs) tiny, they're tiny humans. Like they're They're just humans. They're not like kids, you know. And then she's like second day, she's like literally crying, I love your kids, they're the coolest (laughs) people. Like, I told you, I told you they're the coolest people. And we have just treat children,
1: just treat children like human beings that deserve like respect and interest and you know just like all the other
0: humans and then it's easy yeah and she's just like this is amazing and I'm like I'm really glad to like let somebody in to like see it from the inside and she was here like a very normal day I worked a little we had dinner together we went for a walk on like one of our nature trails we all kind of like (sighs) cuddled up we watched the baseball game together on tv after dinner and just like the kids are you know the girls are like doing their own they're just like you know independent little women doing their own things all day long (laughs) and I was like this is a super normal day and she was like this is a really good life. I'm so happy for you. And I was like, I'm happy for me. This is a good life. Like, yes. And I just love it. Agreed. You know, and I just, I want to let everybody in and just be like, you can have this good of a life. You can, you can yes. do, you know, your version of this. I love it. I love yes. it so much. Yeah. So to kind of wrap up my, I'm having a question that I ask every guest. To kind of okay. encourage others to like break free of the hustle culture, I'm asking everyone to share something that you love to do, like a hobby or something that mm. doesn't bring you profit. That's like pure joy. What would oh, your answer pure be? Joy. Yeah, I love it. Okay, I was like, Can everybody's I... answer is going to be like sex or sleep. Those <laughs> two don't count. <laughs> like, okay, think. So... two things that come to mind. <laughs> Chocolate. Okay. Um
1: to Krav Maga. So I do yes. Krav Maga and Jiu Jitsu two days a week. And I love it. Like I'm so passionate about it. I feel so empowered when I do it. And it does not bring in any money at all whatsoever. If anything, it costs me money. Um, but no, I love that all three of my kids are on the sailing team, and I am the only parent member on the board. Um, so being on the sailing board brings me a lot of like meaning and fulfillment and a lot of joy, like to actually get to steer the culture of this whole program that has given us so much, like it feels good to really give back for that. And then I'm going to say a third one that people are probably going to be like, that's against the rules (laughs) TV. Like, so I'll say like, I am a very driven, healthy active nature based human being yes. um and like it's not mutually exclusive with technology and i love to like curl up in my bed and we have a tv in our bedroom and we all just kind of pile in and like watch shows together at the end of the day or a movie together and it just brings me so much joy I like love the conversations it. that happen there like the shared laughter um, I love it, and if we're talking about like what we say yes and no to in terms of money, my room is like so minimalist. It's a bed, yeah. two nightstands, and a TV. Like that's, that's literally it. There's no pretty dresser. Much my room. <laughs> There's no art. Like there's no curtains. There's no, like, it's so minimalist, but I have like the soft, like super soft bedding that I love, like a weighted comforter, like a blanket from my mom that was like really soft. And then this like really nice television that's super high def. And I, it brings me joy. like yes. I love it. So I, it might I love that. a lot of people's rules, but That's what brings me joy. But I mean, that's
0: you. You wouldn't be Rachel if you didn't come on here and be like, I am this hippie nature girl. And also, I love TV, though. I mean, but that's, you know, that's how we are, too. Like, that's where my oldest two are right now. They're in my bed, not their own beds. They're in my bed Mm -hmm. having screen time on their iPads. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's
1: the hangout spot. Yes. I love it. They feel safe. I love that my room. Is the hangout spot.
0: That's where we feel safe. That's where we all talk. That's where we like share our innermost secrets. There like, are always crumbs yes. in our bed because a lot of snacks happen in our bed and my husband like hates it, but he'll just have to get over the crumbs. I'm like, there won't be crumbs forever. One of these days they won't it be here be and you know, so I love it. I yeah, love it so much. True. Yes. I just, thank you so much for coming on and sharing. Um, let us know where can all the listeners keep up with you and learn more about all the important work that you do.
1: Yes. Okay. So sagefamily.com is my like online hub. You can find all my stuff there. You can get a bunch of freebies. You can find the sage family podcast there, all my different courses that I offer a bunch of blog posts there with a bunch of free helpful stuff. Um, and then I'm sage.family on Instagram too. And I don't, post a whole heaping lot of static images anymore since Instagram doesn't show them to anyone. (laughs) But I am super active on there. Like I post in my story all the time and I respond to all my DMs. So I if love you your stories with me over there.
0: Yes. Thank you're wa- you're you. one of the people that it's like, you know, how the algorithm is, but you're like yes. always towards my beginning people. I love <laughs> to follow your, your stories. And so, yes, very fun to follow. Yes.
1: We're pretty adventurous. So I like to share all the like, you know, highlights and lowlights, like with a lot of humor from
0: our this, adventures. In the sailing pictures, I'm just like, dangerous things carefully or however that saying yes. goes. I'm just like, yes. Ooh. Oh man, yes. Brave, yes. brave kids, kids that you have. <laughs> kids, thank you. And teenagers need to engage
1: in that risky place. So if you give them like wholesome ways of doing it that helps them to like
0: work on that stuff in, in a more like structured, wholesome yeah. way. So I'm all for it. But yeah, the pictures can look scary. Yeah, it makes what my kids, my kids jumping off of our boat at the lake swimming <laughs> looks very tame <laughs> in comparison. So I'm like, okay, you're okay. They can jump off the boat when they're swimming at the lake. It's not that scary. It's fine. Yes, so, yes. yes. But anyway, so thank you so much for sharing everything that you shared. And of course I'll have all of the links in the show notes and I. Appreciate you so much. Yay. Thank you for having me. Thanks for hanging out for another episode of a Sunny Side Up Life podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend and leave a review. Five-star reviews are what help the podcast grow. Don't forget to check out the episode show notes for links to everything that we talked about today, as well as tons of free resources to help you on your financial independence journey, like my monthly newsletter, budgeting challenges, fun downloads, and more. Head over to SunnysideUpLife.com to get started. And if you wanna keep up with me in the day-to-day, don't forget to follow me on social media at a sunny side up life. Well, that's all for me this week. Bye guys.